again. The time is 4.03 on a Thursday. You're tuned to KDNK, which means it's everything under the sun. I'm your host, Raleigh Burley, editor of The Sopra Sun. And joining me today via telephone, we've got reporter Mickey Jones. Mickey, you there? Oh, no. Well, thankfully, we also have a guest live in studio. Uh, Tom Carroll, how are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me here today, Raleigh. Mickey, if you're listening, give us a call back and we'll try and patch you through once again. Um, in the meantime, we'll have an opportunity to chat with Tom. Uh, Tom, you're relatively new to the community of Carbondale. Tell us a little bit about um, your experience so far. Yeah, so I moved to Carbondale 1st of August last year. So if my math checks out, it's like five and a half months now. And yeah, it's been a beautiful experience so far. Um, Very different from where I was before. Um, I was living out in Uganda for the last five years in East Africa, um, doing a lot of different community-based work. And moving back to the States has been quite the journey. Um, I have been looking to be part of a smaller community in the U.S. and Carbondale feels very tight-knit. It feels like the place where I can go up and talk to strangers and feel welcome very quickly. And I've noticed that sense of hospitality and sort of familial nature of this whole valley, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe we uh, we figured out the phones. And uh, Mickey, are you there with us now? Hmm. Interesting. It's possible that she can hear us but we can't hear her i do hear some rattling around though let me make sure the right settings are on yeah it should be working hmm well mickey chime in if you happen to hear us and are able to um but um the reason we wanted to have mickey join us today is that she wrote the story about your random conversation series, Tom, which is something I think really creative and unique. It's, it's a simple concept and yet, um, something really special that you're doing here. Uh, there's going to be a conversation this Sunday. So as people listen, if they feel motivated, keep in mind, you'll have the opportunity to participate in one of these events, um, this coming Sunday at the Carbondale library at six 30 at, uh, six o'clock. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so, I mean, this will be what, like your sixth or seventh that you've hosted? This will be lucky number seven for the conversation events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you jumped right into it. You were working for the town as a public information officer, so it sort of dovetailed with getting to know the community. Um, you've taken on new work with Stepping Stones, uh, Youth Zone. <laughs> And uh, congratulations for Thank that. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And you've kept the conversation series rolling. And I've heard you say that if you could dedicate full time um, to work like this, you would. What is it about conversations that makes you passionate? Yeah. Well, in the spirit of conversations, Raleigh, thanks for giving me the space to talk and converse today um, about this this essence, this sort of mission I have. Um so yeah, the events you'll see my my flyers are virtually or in person around around town around the valley. I call it the lost art of random conversations. 
Um, that's been a phrase, like a working title that's been with me for several years as I've sort of fallen in love with the concept of just having conversations with different people, like the kind of feeling it has when I have a conversation with someone that I feel like I'm really connecting. I feel like I'm really getting to know them. I feel like I'm really getting to their true essence. It's not just the, the hi, how are you? Where are you from? How was your day? But it's what's really exciting you? What's scaring you right now? What are you really feeling? What do you want to devote more energy to? Like, um, I'm curious, you know, I believe all of us have that fire inside of us for different things in life. And I'm always curious to tap into that whenever I can. And, you know, I think the art of conversations is something I've always been pretty good at naturally. And moving to Carbondale, it was certainly an invitation to just talk to strangers and get to know people and show up at first Friday and show up at community events, meet folks like Raleigh, um, and just get really plugged in. And, um, you know, a really close person in my life kind of invited me into like, what is it, what would it look like if you started hosting this live, like actually creating an event space where people could talk to each other? Because I think the lost art of random conversations is something that applies to all of us. And specifically in Carbondale, you know, I've had people attend my events that moved here a week ago before the event or people have been here for 30 years and Mm -hmm. have gotten similar feedback that it helps them maybe let go of a little bit of feeling of loneliness and remind them, remind them that they are really connected to the people around them, even if they don't feel like it sometimes. And that there's always more room to go a little bit deeper and sometimes ask those close questions to people in our lives, whether it's someone we bumped into at a coffee shop or, you know, our partner we've known for 40 years. Um, I think the event is a nice way to like reinvigorate that, that spirit of conversing for hopefully everyone that comes to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you make it easier on people by providing a, a list of questions that might not be the typical question of, how long have you lived here or what do you do? Um, but things like if your life was a roller coaster, what would it be called? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And yeah, you know, don't get me wrong. I think the, you know, the, where you're from I think getting some of those, you know, more beginning questions are helpful to get to know, Hey, how are you doing today? Where are you from? I think that's all great. But yeah, for me, it's, how can maybe we start introducing some questions that do throw us off a little bit that kind of push our comfort zone. I love that. I love that moment when I ask someone a different kind of question and I see their eyes kind of stop and they're like, Hmm, like no one's asked me that in a week or a month or ever. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, Raleigh used the great example. I've got, you know, I've got this catalog of hundreds of different questions that I've sort of amassed over time, um, from different sources, but um, you know, if you could describe the internet in one word, what word would you use? Um, what's you know, the favorite item of clothing that you've bought in the last two years? Um, what's been exciting you recently? You know, what's the last time you've been really uncomfortable and what did you learn from that experience? Right. Mm-hmm. So some are a bit more playful, some more heartfelt, but, but yeah, these questions that I would say get to a slightly deeper resonance and a bit more emotional depth. Yeah. When's the last time you cried? <laughs> Yeah, I remember seeing on the list. That's a big one. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Tom's really going for it. Wow. <laughs> right. Just dive right in. Yep. Um, I had an experience uh, two Sundays ago um, at the event. And there's somebody I know in town, um, Natasha Seedorf. Shout out. Um, yeah, Natasha. And I met her through a meditation group years ago. And I don't. I think this might have been her prompt, but instead of introducing ourselves to each other, we introduced each other um, to ourselves. 
So it was really fascinating to have Natasha introduce me to me and to know myself through her perspective and to be able to share a reflection like that as well. And the things you learn like that um, and the opportunity to have a deeper conversation with somebody you might have affinity with, you might see around town and you always um, have a friendly rapport, but you don't often get the opportunity to ask them when, when's the last time you cried? (laughs) Yeah. Right. And it is, I mean, you know, I'm so curious about, it's almost like this game of human telephone where like we are seen with everyone else's lenses of us. And, you know, I often feel it like I've been working in Glenwood and, you know, rifle and basalt in different communities recently. And, you know, when I go around, I still get just as nervous as, you know, when I was younger of like, oh, wow, I feel kind of different from the people I'm seeing, whether that's my own bias or the way they look or the age they are. And I think with some of these questions, they get to some of those more unifying aspects of all people where Mm -hmm. it's like, we all cry, we all laugh, we all want to ask funny questions and really be seen by someone, I believe. So um, for me, those are some of the more like cohesive aspects of our communities is not just you know, the way we identify what we like to do, but also like how we feel and what our emotional states are, because I think those are, those are universal things that it's also really, I I find very nice to connect on. Mm -hmm. Well, for people just tuning in, this is everything under the sun. I'm your host, Raleigh Burley. And today's guest is Tom Carroll speaking about his, the lost art of random conversations series, uh, with its seventh session coming up this upcoming Sunday. And I noticed, having been to two sessions, that you seem to have a lot of uh, repeat customers, so to say. Not that you even ask for money at these events, um, but something keeps people coming back. What do you think that is? Yeah, great question. Um, You know, being the the lost art of random conversations, I love seeing new faces come in. So if you're listening to this, uh, 6 to 7.30 p.m. on Sunday, we'll be at the Carbondale Library and definitely come by and check it out if you want to step a little out of your comfort zone. It's also really nice to be seeing a lot of familiar faces. I've had some folks from Carbondale and surrounding towns come for three, four of these now. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's cool because that is kind of building this little micro community around a common message. Um, You know, I think people are coming back from what I've been hearing because it has a different feel than a lot of like the gatherings that they're going to, or, you know, maybe they're just craving some, interaction with a new person or just wanting a space to talk or, or be witnessed. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of people say they keep coming back. It's like, gosh, I love talking to someone I don't know. Cause I feel like I'm more honest than in my day-to-day life. And, you know, I think it's this really healthy outlet for folks, but, but yeah, also I think it's becoming this little micro community where, um, I've been getting a lot of feedback just during the sessions of words like, you know, safe and seen and welcomed and relieved coming up from the people that attend the events. So, yeah, I think just having that kind of safe, welcoming space where people can know that, hey, they can come, grab some tea, have some funny questions, laugh, cry, and talk to people. Um, it seems like a lot of folks are are really desiring that. And it is it is cool to see a lot of people coming back over and over. And it's also, you know, pushing me to mix up the questions and mix up the format and, and keep changing how I how I form these uh, these events. Yeah, and it's been cool in my experience to see the format evolving uh, where the most recent was two half-hour conversations and then drawn names drawn from a hat, 
So essentially very random. As random as it gets. Shout out, mm-hmm. Aubrey, if you're listening to this, one of our attendees who gave me the idea of like making it as random as possible and yeah, picking names out of a hat and trying to get more interactions. So um, in the hour and a half event, I've, I've been trying to get up to two interactions where you actually get to sit down for about a half hour with two different people. Mm-hmm. And what's your ultimate vision since we're putting this out over the radio? Um, you know, is there a maximum people that you could uh, facilitate or where do you see this going? Thanks for asking, Riley. Um, you know, I've always joked, if the, I mean, if, if there was a job that was created to just host these conversation nights or I could do it, that's like a dream of mine, which is kind of playful but serious. Um, you know, for me, it was just my original goal was like, if I could get two people to show up to this thing and just talk to each other or talk with me, like that's already this very tangible thing that um, in a way is, is just like revitalizing my own desire to keep being a community organizer. Um, you know, seeing it grow a little bit, bumping into people around town who've heard about it. Um, it's, it's growing now from craft coffee to I'm hosting at the Carbondale library who asked me if I would partner on it with them. So it's one Mm -hmm. of their featured events. And now we're big time. We've got some tea and refreshments going on at the events. So getting real legit. Um, but yeah, to have a dozen people there has been awesome. I'm going to put, put it out there to the ethos that I kind of have this larger vision that maybe by the end of this year, if I could get an event to grow to 60, 70, 80, a hundred people, um, I think something really interesting starts to happen. Um, I think you can actually start kind of creating a movement around a very simple concept. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about like a place like Taka or a big like third mm-hmm. street center and to get 75 or a hundred people to have a big conversation night together, what that could do, um, in terms of just like a emotional kind of socio-emotional movement in this Valley. So that's like a larger vision and I could definitely facilitate tons of people. Obviously it changes the level of depth. You know, I, I've been kind of working right now with, somewhere between 10 and 12 people seem to come every time. And that feels really good because everyone gets a chance to share if they want to. And, you know, I'll do a breath exercise and checking in with one word about how you're feeling. So it's, it's a bit more intimate, but sky's the limit, uh, Carbondale and the Valley. If y'all want to keep showing up, then, um, let's, let's get this thing really big. And, um, I think doing it with a larger group of people into, you know, 60 to a hundred or something like that, even in the summertime, do it outside. I think it could be really special and get me a microphone and I'll facilitate about as many people as possible. Awesome. (laughs) That's good to hear. Yeah. And, um, do you envision taking these nights to other communities? You mentioned Taka kind of being more, you know, mid Valley. Um, like, would you do these in Glenwood Springs? Would you consider like hosting different sessions, different weeks in different towns? Yeah. Good question. Um, you know, I was approached by uh, a business owner in Basalt about potentially um, hosting them at their place on the main street in Basalt. So talking to them about that. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm totally open to it. You know, it's something that I put a bit of time and energy to, but, you know, so much of it is about the live facilitation and getting folks to show up. For So for me, I'd love to keep doing more of them. Um, and yeah, working at Youth Zone now, I'd like to explore the Glenwood connection because their main office is there. And yeah, I'm very open to it. Um, it's something I love to do and I could really see myself doing them in, in more spaces and expanding. So, um, yeah, if anyone's listening, um, and you are interested in in expanding this to a different location or giving it a different flavor, um, just bringing the art of conversation to a business or an organization. Um, I think there's a lot of room for expansion with it and I'm kind of open to everything. 
you know, right now I'm just following my gut and enjoying the experience and kind of grateful for each event I get to hold. It's like this manifestation of a little dream I've had to, to bring this to, you know, just a bunch of people that I get to meet. All right. So you heard him. For now, Carbondale Library, 6 p.m. this coming Sunday. And um, do you have events planned out for February as well? Yeah, thanks for the thanks for the plug. Just talk to the library. Um, I'm going to be hosting more conversation nights in mid to late February. So the third and fourth Sunday of February, which are February 19th and February 26th at the Carbondale Library, again, 6 to 7.30 p.m., uh, they're free events um, sponsored by the library, so big shout-out to them. And, uh, yeah, possibly more to come in the future. You can look out for flyers at all the major Carbondale locations. You'll see two people kind of talking on a flyer. It says the lost art of random conversations, and, and that's me. Um, I hope folks will come out this Sunday at 6 p.m., and if not, February 19th, February 26th, both at 6 p.m. Yeah, keep an eye out in the Sopra Sun um, for that calendar event. and. If you look online, SoberSun.com, you can find the article that Mickey wrote a few weeks ago. Um, I believe, had it moved to the library yet, or was it still at Craft Coffee? That was, she was catching me right when it was moving to the library. So, okay. yeah, Mickey, Mickey joined. Mickey, if you are listening, uh, she joined us for our first event at the library. And big shout out to her for bringing it to print and writing an article about it. That was awesome. And, um, of course, getting to have a random conversation with Mickey as well was a was a real privilege. So, uh, yeah, big shout out to her for bringing that through. And, and Raleigh, thanks to you and the Sun for helping promote it as well as KDNK. It really means a lot. We have about six minutes left in today's show, so I'm thinking we could just jump off with a few random questions. Um, any on the top of your mind that you feel like asking? Yeah. Um... I'd say this is probably my favorite question. I don't know, Raleigh, if you've gotten this one yet uh, in either of the nights that you've been to. One of my favorite questions to ask people, I usually don't just open up right out of the gate, but when I feel like someone's ready to go a bit deeper, um, the question is, uh, if I told you that tomorrow you were going to give like a 10-minute talk in front of about a million people, wow. what would you talk about? I've actually gotten this one, so I'm a little <laughs> Raleigh's, bit prepared. He's ready. <laughs> um yeah, I think that probably if I had to give a, a big talk to people, um, community media would be my area of relative expertise um, coming through KDNK and then working at the Sopra Sun um, and watching the impact that these community media organizations have. Um, I think I could I could probably talk at length about that. Nice. Excellent. My favorite question that I remember on the sheet was, and I might, I'm paraphrasing, 10 things that make you smile. Mm, yeah. Uh, well, that one's easy. Um, okay, let me just let me just go for it. Conversations, cookies, Erica Lazarus, mountains, Uganda, music, my family, traveling by train, tennis and meditation all right it's a good list mm -hmm. yeah definitely um hmm raleigh what song do you want to be playing at your funeral mm. or your celebration of life rather and maybe elaborate what would be the feel at your at your celebration of life lock me through that how do you want people to celebrate the life of raleigh 
I guess you know Violeta Barra has a really beautiful song called Gracias a la Vida. Thank you, life. And it's almost like somber and melancholic, just the sound of the song, but the lyrics are very profound and beautiful. And I love that juxtaposition when either you have like sad lyrics and a really happy tune or vice versa. Um, but I would love for my celebration of life to be uh, a gathering of, of people um, from throughout my life, including uh, friends and family in South America, and an opportunity to bring different disparate communities of people I love together so that they have the opportunity to, to meet and mingle um, and enjoy each other's company. Wonderful. You talked about your time in Uganda. Uh, what's something that you very much miss about Uganda? Hmm. Yeah, thanks for that question. You know, it's beautiful. The, the further away time-wise I get from Uganda, um, at times I feel so removed from it, but still so many friends and so many emotional connections that remain. Uh, on the simplest, most basic level, uh, the fruit. Oh, my gosh. Pineapple, passion fruit, mango in Uganda is out of this world so go check it out if you happen to be in east africa mm-hmm. uh, on a deeper level is this yeah it's really for me this really deep sense of community um something I, I do talk about is i do feel like you know my home country of america um you know there is a lot of individualism that's kind of been inculcated in many of us and just the way our societies and systems have formed and um, there are beautiful vibrant communities in america um, but i definitely noticed generally in, in a place like uganda community just felt very rooted in all gatherings and situations, even in a big city. Um, you know, the villages and cities I was living in just felt very familial, very local. It felt so easy to talk to strangers and just build relationships all around you. Folks felt very connected. So, um, I feel like sometimes in the U S I'm just like pushing myself a bit more to create that kind of cohesiveness. Whereas Uganda, Mm -hmm. it just kind of like happens so naturally. Mm. Um, and that's definitely something I, I miss and I'm, continuing to kind of channel as I'm back in the U S yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, if you had the opportunity to go anywhere tomorrow, if you just the plane ticket is, uh, there and waiting, where would you want to go in the world? Yeah. There is a small landlocked nation in Southern Asia called Bhutan mm. that I've been very interested in for a while. Um, it's a very mysterious country, sort of light and dark sides of their history. Um, they were the first country to go carbon negative in the world. And instead of a GDP, a gross domestic product indicator, they use a gross national happiness indicator for their economy or development. And yeah, I'd like to go there. I'd like to talk to people and have conversations with a largely Buddhist population and learn about what it feels like to be in Bhutan. So that would be, it'll take a while to get there and a couple layovers, but Bhutan would be my spot. Cool. Yeah. How about you, Raleigh? You know, I'm feeling lately I would go back to Chile. It's been a place I've returned to many times, but it's been a few years now and, and just feeling that need to resonate with uh, the family that hosted me as an exchange student. Um, yeah, the the father had some health crises recently and in and out of the hospital and is better now um and recovering but yeah just feeling that uh desire to be in presence with one another and 
um, connecting in a way that's not just audio messages on a phone. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you what, um, how do you stay, I guess outside of the audio messages on the phone, how do you kind of stay connected to your time in Chile? Like, what do you feel like you've, what's one thing you've really taken with you from your experience there? Because I know your time in Chile was quite deep and, Mm-hmm. and very, very emotional, and you were super connected to communities there. Um, yeah, what's one maybe lesson or one aspect of the culture that you feel like you've been able to take with you in all the years since? I think uh, there's this uh, embracing, and it might be similar to Uganda, but like beyond our structure, our confines of this, then that, then this. Um, there was a moment in Chile when I was 16, and... Um, we were trying to run errands and it was my host's brother and it seemed like we couldn't go a block without somebody stopping and chatting us up. And next thing we know, we're going to their house and, you know, we have this list of things that we're supposed to do. And, and in my mind at the time, it was like, Oh, that's kind of rude. Like we've got things to do. Why are they capitalizing on our time? And then I, you know, came to realize, no wait, that's, that's, the rude thing is actually like prioritizing your to-do list over a genuine human connection there on the spot. Hmm. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. I I feel like I needed to hear that today as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely that resonates so deeply. I think it's a helpful reminder for everyone that yeah, life can get busy. It can get stressful. It can get so caught up in the next thing, but gosh, I, I don't really want a life where I can't have some of those impromptu moments where I stop on the street and just go off on an adventure with a new friend. Um, yeah, that's such a powerful thing that, um, you know, knowing you and knowing your, your influence and connection in Carbondale, I see you doing that a lot. So um, I'm glad you had that experience and I'm glad you're able to bring it back to your hometown here. Yeah, I think it's that realization that connecting with people is really where it's at. Speaking of time and the confines of which we are about over time, so I'm going to flip on to the next show um, from the Colorado Sun. Uh, Stay tuned. Thank you, Tom Carroll, for joining. And for anybody looking to indulge in conversation, you know where to go. Thanks so much for having me, Riley. Have a good day, y'all.